0: Welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Yuri. This is, um, I'm so excited that we are finally talking.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. I know. So am I. It's, it's uh, you know, just kind of how it works out sometimes, but I'm so glad that we are finally able to connect over these last couple of months and to get this on the books. So thank you so much for sticking with me on those.
1: Oh, yeah. And 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 me too. And it's just been, you know, I've just been kind of excited about uh getting to know you better through this medium and also Mm -hmm. your audience.
0: Wonderful. So with that in mind, how do you describe yourself and what you do?
1: Well, the simplest way that I describe myself is, is um, we work with executives from middle to large organizations primarily on helping them transform their businesses in a way that links the culture and the business together to get mm. breakthrough results. Mm. And it's really about getting breakthrough results. It's And it's doing it quickly, not taking years to make that happen, but but doing it quickly. And what's interesting about it is that what most people that go through our process and our approach tell me afterwards is that, wow, they were able to use that with their families Mm-hmm. and for them as individuals beyond just what it did for the organization and the people in the organization.
0: Oh wow. That's that training sounds absolutely amazing then where you're able to translate that not just for the business side but their entire lives.
1: Yes because in our view and in my view I guess it's there's no separation. Mm-hmm. It's like how we show up is the way we show up everywhere. Right And we can create separation sometimes through our own compartmentalization, but in reality we 're the same person showing up, and mm-hmm. you know it 's kind of like how you do anything is how you do everything it 's that that <laughs> concept and right. so what we 're doing when we work with their organization is teaching them how do you transform so that you can accomplish whatever dreams you have in a way that's practical, in a way that makes sense, in a way that is is tangible enough that we can come back in three to six months later and measure results.
0: Yeah. So in in hearing you you speak about this, it it makes sense when I look at your education that you went to school for applied psychology. uh, And it seems like you actually are, you know, using a lot of that in your training but what originally got you interested in studying psychology?
1: Well, it's, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I mean, I think what gets anyone interested in studying psychology is, is healing thyself. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and dealing with all my own traumas and compartmentalizations and challenges in the world. And I wanted to understand where in the hell does that come from? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's what got me interested in, in, in studying psychology. But the other part is I've always believed that people can create a better, uh, a better self, okay. like a better form of themselves, And it doesn't mean that we need correcting. It's not coming from a place of, gee, you're a bad self. Now you have to create a, a good self. It's much more that we're already a great self. How do we remove those obstacles that keep us from knowing that at a core level, at a foundational level? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it's really about adding new skills per se or or you know um i you know i don't know it's just it's not about something new mm-hmm. that we have to add on to ourselves as much as it is the greatness is there but we block it through our beliefs through our negativity through our self judgment mostly and as as much as we can remove that we're free and truly free to accomplish whatever our dreams are and and that's true for organizations. I mean, I'm not there so much giving them something to do as much as I am removing all of their, you know, limiting beliefs and fears and uh trepidations so that they can fully show up a hundred percent and play the game they want to be in and their most powerful self. Mm-hmm.
0: So in, in looking at your company impact, it looks like you founded it while you were still attending university. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Not quite. Okay. So impact, I I first got my, I got my first master's degree from UC Irvine in organization development. It was in management, but my emphasis was organization development, which Mm -hmm. is what gave me the foundation to work with organizations. And I was in business for about uh, 10 years um and officially started um impact my current company in 1986 a long time ago mm-hmm. um and then started uh and then decided that i needed to shore up m- more strength in my understanding of people and how people work because mm, okay. i was um you know getting into more change efforts so in 89 and 90 is when I went to uh, uh, get my uh, master's in applied psychology, which is now called spiritual psychology in terms mm. of their degrees. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I gotcha. So, but even then, you were still running this this company uh, while while going to to university. How yes. Was, how, so how did that? How what was that like, and how did it change? Because as you mentioned, you started it before you went and got your degree in in applied psychology, and then while you were doing it, and then after. So how did how did your company evolve from before university, during, and after?
1: Well, it it, it was a huge evolution because what I learned in the applied psychology program is um, models and concepts for how individuals transform themselves. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a believer that in organizations, we're just made up of individuals. So if if we have a fallacy about transformation because, or change, change management, let's just say, Mm -hmm. based on theories that are out there because they don't actually apply to individuals in the same way, then it's not going to sustain. Sure. So it gave me a whole nother lens for it. Let me give you an example. So often what, what people do and what organizations do is when we want to make a change for the better, we focus on the physical changes, the physical doing mm-hmm. of the change. If it's losing weight, then I go on a diet. If it's to get stronger, I do an exercise program. And what we don't realize is that we have a natural equilibrium that is always in play mentally, emotionally, and physically. So when we move the physical to an improved state, but mm-hmm. we don't, at the same time, work on our mental beliefs, thoughts, etc., or our emotions, reactions to things, mm-hmm. then what happens is we, the short-term gain of physical improvement based on willpower will not sustain. It's the mental and emotional that will actually have it spring back to its original position, like a rubber band snaps back when you stretch it.
0: Uh, okay, that that makes sense. It's so, kind of like the on the and I've been a while since I watched this, but like the contestants on The Biggest Loser, um, yes, like they make yes. these these man, you know, magnificent transformations, and then a few months later they go back to where they were before
1: right because it can't just be physical right. and that's that's true for all of us that you know no matter what change if we're trying to start a new business then obviously we have to do physical things you mm-hmm. know to create that business but are we mentally preparing ourselves for being a business owner are we uh, emotionally preparing ourselves for being a business owner those are the areas that will come back to bite us We can do those physical things to set up our business, get our license, get cards, you know, all the things that set ourselves up on the physical level, but if we haven't handled the mental and emotional, then it's not going to sustain. And -hmm. the same is true in organizations, and it's one of the dilemmas of most organizational change efforts is they don't know how to work on all three levels simultaneously, which is what we do that's different. Great. So... I mean, I have to ask this question then. And so,
0: how do you prepare yourself emotionally to be part of that physical, as a you know, as a business owner or a a leader in a new organization?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually fairly simple and in, in, but not necessarily easy. Mm-hmm. And it's simple because. It's how you get off track emotionally. So in other words, how do we go into reactivity emotionally while we're making a change effort, mm-hmm. while we're going through change? And that could be fear of failure. It could be fear of losing control. It could be fear of of not doing it right. It could go into self-judgments, which is a little bit of belief, but also has a uh, an emotional component to it. Mm-hmm. it. It could be that we... Uh, and again, the mental and the emotional are pretty, are somewhat, you know, combined. So it could be we're not going fast enough, which then puts me into fear that we're not going to be successful. It's how do we walk ourselves through that so those dominating fears and negativity, negative reactions and judgments don't take over from our sense of purpose of what we're trying to create. hmm. Cause that's what nails us. Yeah. So I guess
0: to, so to do that, are
1: there exercises
0: you have or like ways that people can practice? Cause obviously, you know, there's well, like doing it and, and, and preparing it are, are kind of two different things. So how do you, how do you set up your clients for that success?
1: Well, the first thing that we do to set that up is we keep them so focused on where they're going. Mm-hmm. They don't have much time to evaluate the, the frustration (laughs) along the way. Like we keep it moving. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we do is we set it up in a way that we, that we develop recovery plans that each individual and the team creates together to say, Hey, when we get off track, when we go back to old habits, because it's going to happen when we get stressed and overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. what's our recovery plan? If you don't create the recovery plan ahead of time, then what you're doing is crisis management in the moment, and we're not our best selves then because we're already restricted from the incident that caused us to go into fear or to cause us to tighten up. So what we do, and, and it's what all athletes do, by the way, like they all practice. If you look at any athletic team or even music group, they practice failure so that they know what to do differently if that were to occur mm-hmm. and they're already prepared ahead of time. Why? Cause they don't want to have to think about it when it happens. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with most organizations and most people is we like to get it right the first time. Well, that's nice, but that isn't life. Right. Because we have to gain from the experience and and learn from the experience. And that means we're going to be making mistakes we're going to get off track. We're going to go back to old habits. And that doesn't—that—that that is not negative. That doesn't mean we're not being accountable and we don't have enough willpower. It just means that our humanness showed up. Now, let's go back to our recovery plan, institute that to get ourselves back on track. And now we keep the momentum forward rather than going and slipping backward. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. And, and it's really key to have a support system. So mm-hmm. that's, that's why we are always doing this in teams okay. because we need to be support systems for each other. It's, there's nothing worse than going on a diet of eating, you know, boring broccoli and chicken while your family is eating pizza and chocolate cake. <laughs> like that just doesn't work well. Right. <laughs> so we get the whole family to eat the boring chicken and the broccoli and, you know, um, and, and having the one night out where they get to celebrate so it's like whatever it is we're doing it together and we've talked about it ahead of time and we help each other through whatever our particular um vulnerabilities are
0: okay good to know yeah so yeah. you've also written a book called yes b state
1: Tell yes. me about that and why did you want to write a book well it's actually my fifth book, so uh, okay <laughs> and you, you talked about one of the changes that I made through the uh, program on applied psychology and and again, this is through the University of Santa Monica, which is just an outstanding institution. I had a major fear of writing books i writing just was not my thing i'd got into a Into a field where I could talk, (laughs) Mm -hmm. where I could do trainings, and my workbook materials included boxes that had nothing in it so that you would take notes on whatever I'm saying (laughs) so I didn't have to write it. (laughs) And literally, the program uh, made us, forced us, if you would, to choose a project that was so outside of our comfort zone, but we thought would make a difference in our life. So I chose writing a book as the one that would bring up my biggest wall of fear and the reason they did that was brilliant because they said look if you can't address your own wall of fear how are you going to help others when they come to you to get assistance on their walls of fear so Mm. to me it was a real brilliant piece although at the time I kind of hated it Um, (laughs) but (laughs) once I went through that process and kind of learned my voice in writing and overcame all my limiting beliefs and fears and, and judgments about it. That's what's now led to the writing of my fifth book, B state, which is all focused on the B stands for breakthrough. You know, it's a breakthrough state. And how do we become bold enough, brave enough to get breakthrough results in our, you know, in our businesses, but also in our life. And and that's what the book is about. It's really taking the you know the thirty forty years that I've been doing this, and it was my way of saying, okay, here's the secret sauce to getting that to getting accomplished those things you never thought you could. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so, the the audience
0: who listens to this are, are primarily you know newer business owners. Yes. And I know, I know your main focus is, is you know, C-suite uh, for larger corporations, but, but how could somebody who is just starting a company take some of the training and, and the context of your book and apply it into their lives to launch a successful organization?
1: Well, you know, in reality, we have a whole section of our business dedicated to entrepreneurs and the small businesses so we apply this to both groups even though my you know when you're asking about my bio i work mostly with larger companies but the rest of my firm actually works with smaller uh companies and startups even um so the the real key in this is is that it's a mindset change Mm -hmm. the whole book is about a mindset change and learning how to first create in our viewpoint don't, it's how do we get out of our current mindset to actually create a different future? And that's what we refer to as your picture of success. But it's where most people make the mistake of going to the outcomes of their picture of success or their vision or their purpose. What we do is we actually flip it to how do you need to be showing up when you accomplish those outcomes that you dream of? Who would you have to be to have a successful business? Uh That's what the picture of success is. It's what would that mean in terms of your behaviors? What would that mean in terms of your mindset, your belief system? What would that mean in terms of the service that people would be, uh, you know, feeling that they're getting from what you're offering Mm -hmm. uh, it's really getting so focused on you as you're being in that state as opposed to what you're going to accomplish in that state because ultimately it's us that's still showing up yeah so we have to show up in a different way if we're starting a new business or if we have a successful business but we but it's you know, it's taking over our life. Great. Then we need to change, you know, change that. Mm -hmm. So it starts with a picture of success instead of let's correct what's not working until I get to where I want to be. See, that's the old mindset. Okay. Let's correct everything that I'm doing wrong. Everything that I'm, you know, not good at, you know, let me correct all those so I can be a better person. No, no, no. You're a great person as you are. Yeah. All we need to do is is get you out of all those limitations so we put you in a state of what would ideal look like?
0: Yeah what if so I, I, I speak a lot of time with, with students and um, and people who are just starting off and, and what, yes. if, what if they don't know what success looks like? How do you help them like, actually find a model of success that not only resonates with them but also is, is one that they could then work and strive to?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's an awesome question. And, and it's awesome because you can't know what you're not ready to know yet. <laughs> right. You know, it, it comes mostly from experience. And, okay. and even there's a lot of talk today about know your purpose. Well, quite honestly, I didn't discover my purpose for years, decades. Mm-hmm. And, and that didn't mean that I didn't have a purpose. I had a purpose. And then the purpose shifted and then the purpose shifted. So let me give you an example that my Mm -hmm. first purpose was being a high school teacher. Hmm. I just wanted to teach kids math in Mm -hmm. school and I was a math teacher and I loved being a math teacher. Didn't like administration so much. (laughs) Didn't (laughs) like the limitations that they brought on to the students that I was propelling forward. So Mm -hmm. then I got frustrated and I said, okay, I, you know, Got to get into something different. So I went into what I thought was going to be a marketing career. You know, my purpose is how do I improve businesses in their marketing? And i studied for that. But while I was studying for that, went to an organization development class. And then all of a sudden that became my purpose. The point of this is, is that your purpose is going to change as you evolve as a human being Mm -hmm. and you're going to continue expanding. And as you expand, your purpose will change. So my purpose when I first got into business was just doing training. Then it became more team building. Then it became more change management. Then it became more, you know, transformational work. Like it's shifted, you know, over the years. So my, my advice to all young people and, and people who are in whatever state they're in today is what's your purpose today, given who you are? given what service you can be for others, just make that your purpose and go yeah. out there and do it. Yeah. And gain experience from doing it and know that you can always shift your purpose and make it different. And don't expect it to all be perfect. Don't expect it to satisfy every one of your needs. I did a study once of both um, business owners and people unsatisfied with their jobs. Mm -hmm. And I had them write down everything that they were not satisfied with and everything that they were satisfied with. And guess what? No matter who it was, it was always around a 60-40 percentage. 60% that I was satisfied by, 40% that I wasn't satisfied by. Mm. But here's the key. That was for the person who loved their job and that was for the person who hated their job. <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my gosh and I, I you know, and I did that because a friend of mine did, hated his job, so I said, You know what? Let me get some reality check going." Mm-hmm. So I interviewed a whole bunch of people, business owners, people that were high level, people that were low level, and I asked them, You know, just those questions, make me two columns, the things you love, the things you hate about your job, and try how they felt about their job and there was it was amazing (laughs) you either loved it or you hated it but the amount that you you know in reality the amount of of tasks that you like doing and the amount of tasks you don't like doing pretty much the same within about five percent
0: sure wow that's that's i think i think it's so fascinating that yeah the people who love and hate their jobs have about the same results that's because that's, that's not intuitive. It's not something I would think, like I thought it would be the opposite. Like if you love your job, then you would have very little to complain about,
1: not the, that's, the way around. That's, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I did the study. <laughs> and I was just shocked. You know, it's not, it's not like I'm brilliant to create what I've done. It, mm-hmm. it's, I keep observing and I keep experiencing and I let life teach me rather than me deciding how life should work and then get frustrated when it doesn't show up that way.
0: Right. Right. So let's, so on that model, you know, you're someone who has, has done a lot of research, less study, a lot of, a lot of um, also positions. Can you talk about those times in your career in life where you were fearful to, to take another step or to, to try a new area and how you moved past that fear?
1: <laughs> like, namely, the whole time, every single year in my business, oh absolutely, yes, exactly <laughs> yeah it, the fear never goes away from me. Mm-hmm. you know i even I even have fear or anxiety with every new group that I step in front of, even though mm. I've done it for literally hundreds, if not thousands, of groups that initial anxiety is still there Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes you just got to do it anyway like there's a a coach that i work with i work with lots of coaches that are that are great and he said do it afraid just do it afraid like Mm -hmm. it's okay to be afraid it's okay to not be comfortable it's okay to to have anxiety just do it anyway Mm -hmm. at the university they taught us whatever you fear, you'll create. And if you're up against your wall of fear, do the thing you're afraid of while you're afraid of doing it. Uh And it it was like, wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that doesn't mean it doesn't cause pause or that, you know, I have some nights where I don't sleep as well and all of that stuff. That's just part of being human. But it's like, is it aligned with your purpose? and are you doing what your next step is not trying to leap too fast not trying to to be the overnight success are you willing to put in the the persistence of the day to day to get to excellence hmm. because it doesn't matter whether again you're an athlete it's no one's an overnight success musicians right. are not overnight successes they have to practice they have to work hard, they have to perform when they're not feeling well, all of those things occur. And there's days when it feels like such a rut in routine. And there's other days when it feels great, and it doesn't matter, you do it anyway. So for me, it's, it's more about how do you work with yourself? How do you, you know, how do you listen and make adjustments and not just push through but get coaching, get support, learn from others, be a student of what you're trying to be an expert in. Like I've, I've done, my, most of my books are on accountability, personal accountability, team accountability, organizational accountability. That's my expertise since 1985. Okay. So I've been doing it for decades and I'm a student of accountability, not an expert of accountability. I'm still learning. Good to know. So
0: so with that and everything that you've you've done and experienced, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received?
1: Uh, Well, the ultimate best advice I've ever received is is love yourself through it all. Mm -hmm. Because for me, when I go into self judgment, it takes me down a very negative spiral. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't leave me open for creativity, innovation, inspiration. So it's like, you got to love it all. You got to love the good. You got to love the bad. You got to love the mistakes you make along the way and really value and be grateful for the learning, grateful for those that come into your life in magical ways that, you know, you didn't plan, but all of a sudden they showed up and, moved your business along like it's great to do your planning but don't get hooked on it you know it's 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 keep listening keep keep observing keep learning keep being the student I have had people come into my organization become experts at our work leave the organization because they chose a you know to get a job somewhere in a really good position then after five years come back and they couldn't do our work anymore because they thought they were experts and they, they left as the expert on the team, but they came back thinking that they were still the experts when we've evolved, mm-hmm. we keep expanding. And so it's be open to your own expansion too. You know, It's like, this is all evolutionary. You're never gonna get there. So wherever the there is that you think is gonna make you happy, that bar changes as you get there. Then there's a new there to get to and a new there to get to. And that's part of how we evolve as human beings and expand and grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. So how do we continue to stay open? That's the game. And how do we love ourselves through the difficult parts as well as the parts that go well? Mm
0: -hmm. Wonderful. Well, Mark, this has been... Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to buy your book, uh, read more about what you're working on, or contact and potentially hire your company, where are the best places they can go to do that?
1: Yeah, it's really simple. Our website is bstate.com. So it's bstate, S-T-A-T-E dot com. Also, all of my books are on Amazon. They're mm-hmm. in both digital, uh, of course, hard copy, digital, as well as audio. So we have Kindle versions, we have audio versions, whatever the listener, you know, whatever works for the listener the best, they've got those options. And, right. you know, and they can always connect with us. You know, it's like I'm, I'm open. So, if someone wants to email me with a question, they can email me at mark at bstate.com. Real simple mark, M A R K, at bstate.com. If they have any further questions or they want to talk about their particular organization, you know, there's no commitments to do anything with us. We're just here to be of service, mm-hmm. we're here to be a support. And if it's a good fit, for us to come in and work with the company, then we do that. We don't go out marketing and selling our services. Everything is by referral and, um, and repeat business. That's how we built our business.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you. That's, that was very, very generous of you. And so I will, I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes so people can click right through. Uh, also if they can double check your email address, uh, as well in the show notes. So we should be good.
1: All right. Well, this is fantastic. And I, I so appreciate your questions. It's a bit different kind of questions than I typically get on a podcast, but I love it because it really helps to go deep and helps us both personally as well as professionally in the way that you, uh, you know, ask your questions. So thank you for that.
0: Of course. And thank you. Thank you for being open and honest. I really appreciate it. Thank you.